What's up, everybody? This is your host, Jesse Brooks. Want to give you a woman's view on the automotive industry. If you just started listening, thanks for joining. If you just come back, welcome back. Before we get started, I want to go over a couple of things. One, if you can, like, subscribe, follow to any of my platforms. My handle is Jesse Brooks 232 I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I am hoping to get on to a couple other ones. So like TikTok um, and doing a couple videos on that about some of the things that I go over on here, just so y'all can see me get a face to the voice and to see some of the things that I am usually talking to y'all about. Also, if you can comment, review, help me get up the charts. I've been getting a couple of emails especially from a couple of apps like Good Pods saying that I was number one in the automotive podcast. So it was incredibly touching to get that email yesterday. I actually got a handful of important emails that that really touched me and I am in awe of. That was one. Uh, so that made my morning. What made my afternoon was an email from a teacher named Miss Rurals. She has a class over automotive technology and wanted me to give a shout out to her girls in this class. So Sienna, Peyton, Hazel, Madison, Phoebe, Olivia, Sadova, Avery, Rania, Yanive, Viviana. Sorry if I messed up some of y'all's names. I'm not good with names. I'm not even good with car part names. I'm just, I, so if I messed your name up, I am incredibly sorry because I hate when people mess my name up. But if I got your name somehow, some way, great, I think. <laughs> um, but I wanted to give the biggest shout out to y'all because I started this wanting to not only give a woman's view of the automotive industry but to give young people like you uh, something that I didn't really get and that was kind of a, a blueprint or some insight as to what I was going to get into when I got into this industry because it it is a very male-dominant industry and a lot of times we forget that, you know, when you go into something like this, that you do sometimes have to change who you are. But I wanted to make a difference in saying that we shouldn't have to change who we are. And I hope that when y'all come into this industry, y'all, you know, come with a couple tools that I didn't have. And hopefully I give y'all a couple tips and tricks that will help y'all out and not have to go through some of the hardships that I went through going into this industry and really wowing the people who I know are going to give you a hard time because one, you're new and two, you're women. So thank you for listening. Thank you, Ms. Rule, for actually reaching out and asking. It not only made my day uh, the friend whose stories I was telling, I told her about it, and she was like, someone, there, are, there's a classroom that heard my stories. I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, <laughs> we literally just told a whole classroom that you, you slapped your 
your manager. And she goes, oh, it's fine. It's fine. I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all might have to get a little physical. Hopefully, please don't get physical with your teachers. I mean, with your managers. With anybody. But today's episode, I'm going to do a, a little two for one. Because in the email that I got from Miss Rule, she was saying that y'all are talking about taking apart engines and if any of y'all are planning on going to dealerships and any of y'all are planning on going to Kia and Hyundai um, most important thing to know is they have a lot of recalls that deal with the engine and so you are basically what you're learning right now is going to be very important because I wish I had been taught how to take apart an engine before I got to this point in my career. I actually learned how to take apart an engine on the job. So if I fucked up, I fucked up. I think I fucked up a couple cars, but it wasn't due to me not fixing the engine correctly. It was actually because I forgot to tighten oil drain plugs and filters and that is very important and I hope that y'all get into this field and not do what I did because I have fucked up four vehicles and this is all before I learned how to do engines and a couple of my good friends actually had to do the engines for me because I didn't know how to do them uh, I definitely owe them very big one of them was actually the one who taught me how to do uh, engines, uh, and he taught me how to do the engine the right way. And my biggest piece of advice for taking apart an engine is have some type of system that you can keep all the bolts with the parts or keep all the bolts in separate compartments. And the two things that I do is... And I know this is kind of wasteful, but when you're in the automotive industry, you waste way more than you expect, um, but you attempt not to. So that's the reason why I have the second, uh, the, the second thing to do. Uh, this first one is taking gloves and putting the screws into the gloves and then zip tying them to the part that I took them off of. That way I know that those bolts or those screws actually go to that part um if you don't want to do that there are stores like dollar general uh, those type that have plastic compartment looking things and you can actually go and get them they're like 99 cents the ones i got i got them from i forget what market it was and they were like four dollars but they were the sturdy ones or you can go to harbor freight and they have really nice sturdy ones for like ten dollars and you could take the little compartments out um it's like the yellow one that was like ten dollars and i used it for multiple types of engines i mean you got the four banger um which is probably one of the easiest v uh motors you could take out then you have the v6 uh, where it has the double heads and has to do with you know basically kind of doing two of everything 
depending on what type of vehicle you got. Um, and you got the V8 one going up. But because Kia doesn't have really too many of those other motors that are higher up, that's usually when you get to diesel or when you get to BMW and Ford and all them, or when you have to have trucks or cars that are performance cars, of which Kia, the only one that they got is the Stinger, it's a lot easier to be able to, one, remember where everything is, especially since it's a recall, you're doing it a lot. So that is my piece of advice for taking apart engines. And also to keep up with the parts that you're keeping, I usually took boxes from parts and put the parts in there, especially whenever you don't have the engine with you right then and there. Just put all the parts in there and then put the little compartment thing that you put your screws and bolts in, put them in there, and then put them in the trunk, which is what we usually did. That way we kept everything together. And the way that I started to remember how to do everything and take it out, I actually did like a small journal of everything I was learning up under my friend. And he taught me so much. So I was like, I got to write this down. Um, but eventually I was able to get in uh, engines in and out in about three or four hours, depending on how my mood was. If I didn't give a shit that day, I was not going to get that shit out like in four hours. We were going to the whole day because you're not going to piss me off and I'm going to fuck some shit up. But I wanted to just give you a couple of tips that I've had to learn in this industry and just give y'all some pointers, especially with what you are learning, because, you know, I know what it's kind of like to learn one thing and then realize that you got to kind of adapt to do things faster. And unfortunately, in this industry is very big on making sure you go fast. But, you know, my piece of advice is take this time and learn how to do it right. Because when you get into this industry, you're not going to have time to learn how to do it right. It's going to be learn how to do it fast. So, you know, take your time. You know, learn everything you can. Um, remember everything you can because it will become important. I wish I had have taken classes when I was younger before I got into this industry to identify the parts and to identify the right and wrong way of doing things and so I think the way that you are doing it is extremely important and I applaud y'all on it because it's going to definitely help y'all um so I only hope to give y'all some tips and tricks that will um, add on to what you are learning uh, as y'all listen to me of which still amazed by it what I wanted to talk today about was is everybody knows about the shortage that's going on today with cars. And that was actually a very interesting, you know, conversation I was having with a couple people is, you know, what or what should people do now that their cars are worth way more? I know right now the housing market is doing the exact same thing. Uh, partially because of the shortage in construction equipment. Um, but what's really happening with the 
automotive side is that there's shortage of chips. There's and the chips are usually in the computers, so we essentially can't give you all the newer technology that you want in a vehicle. And with that, and the problem being, is that now these newer cars actually have less technology than the cars that came out before the pandemic. So if you have a car from 2018 to 2019, you almost have the basically the newest technology there is out there because of the shortage of chips, because of the shortage of parts, because of the shortage of whatever. So you unfortunately have this this fluctuation of, you know, cars that are used and are way more expensive than the brand new cars that are coming out. For example, quick story, right before I left the last place I was at, technician came in, he used to work for the company, and he goes, yeah, I just traded my 2018 Telluride in and got a 2021, I forget what he got, but it just come out, and he was like, yeah, and they had to give me eight grand back because my car was with mileage on it. I think he had more than 10,000 miles on it. It was worth way more than the uh, the new car. And that's because that 2018 model, one, was sought after because of what was on it, and two, because they don't have that no way to put that technology into the newer cars. So then because they can't put newer technology into these cars, they're not releasing as many of them um, or they're waiting for those parts to come in in order to let those cars out. But was that due to the prices of everything? It shoots them up because of supply and demand. Basic economics. Jesus. I'm glad I paid attention in that class. But with that, now you also have used cars that are not only are the new cars getting an increase in prices, but so are the used cars. So where a used car would have been $5,000, they are bringing it up to $10,000, $15,000. And, you know, we would say, oh, that's wrong, that's horrible. But the problem is supply and demand. If you don't have the supplies to equal what is being demanded, then you're going to have to do that. So now it comes to a real problem for people who want a newer car or need a newer car. Because if you can't afford a newer car or you don't make enough to get a decent used car, you have to go to get a cash car. And even the cash cars are going up because there's such a the plot there's such a demand for the vehicle. And it it's gotten to a point where you wanna go, okay, so then what's the next step? How long is this gonna go for? Now I keep seeing that it's supposed to go into twenty twenty three. And so the piece of advice that I've been telling everybody is if you have a newer car and there's nothing wrong with your car, do not turn it in. If you're doing finance, lease, it might be a little bit different. I know there are some people who are buying out their lease. I would suggest that 
partially because your car is still going to go up. So you have until 2023 on your car because we're that backed up in shortages. So, and right now they even, they might even give you money for your car. Um, but it becomes one doing the research that is needed in order to make sure you do the best decision for turning in your car and two is a cost benefit analysis if you turn your car in now are you going to be able to afford you know what's going to happen because eventually either the market is going to crash or it's going to go back to normal once the influx of chips come in because right now there's a shortage because who's making them where are they coming from can they come over here fast enough um just a whole bunch of different basically everything that's going to these shortages is what's causing it so if that becomes fixed does that still shut down the market does that mean that people are going to get a whole bunch of I don't know I guess money back still but I mean if you got some cars that are that you're not using and I mean and you really don't want to keep them I would just sell them but because you will get your bang for your buck but when it comes down to like for example part of the reason why I don't want to flip cars right now is because am I going to get the same amount of money for it? Am I going to get money for it? Because used to, you could buy a car for $500,000, $1,500 and flip it and make, you know, 5000 off of it, depending on what you did to it, what all you had to fix on it, how much time you put into it, you could make up to 5000 on the car that you flipped even more. Like I said, it depends on what it looks like, how you took care of it, the whole nine yards. But you end up having the issue of, I'm trying to find a way to actually say this, how does that affect you in the future, essentially? So is that going to affect you uh, because what you want on your vehicle isn't what is, you know, what you have on your vehicle is it outdated is it going out you know because if you have a car that's 10 plus years old your technology on your car officially is considered old uh, they probably don't even make it anymore the other thing is i think i've hit or touched on this point in other episodes is because there's shortage in chips that means there's shortages in other parts which means there's shortages in you know if you're doing basic maintenance you might have shortages in oil filters you may have shortages in interior uh parts if you're not doing maintenance it's going to be interior parts because i mean who gets into that many accidents in a lifetime but then they forget that it may not be, oh, well, there's accidents. Maybe you have to do recalls. Maybe you have to do this. Maybe you have to do that. So 
it becomes an issue of what can you and can you not do in order to be in order for this not to affect you and unfortunately I do not have a very good answer of being able to tell you what you can and cannot do for this to not affect you um but what I can say is if the car you have is your only car do not turn it in to try and make a buck because there are people here like now that know about the shortage and will try to take advantage of you so that's part of the reason why I wanted to tell people due to the shortage yeah you can make money on back on your car but understand that that means that you're gonna have to pay more for the next car so that's essentially what I'm trying to say for example this will probably be the last example for this episode my friend uh, who still is in the industry she works for uh, Mercedes and Mercedes has the G-Wagon the G-Wagon they are going over what they usually would price the G-Wagon is because they know they can get that money because they know that a person will spend what basically what they're asking for for that vehicle and people will bring in the car that has way more technology than the g-wagon that's out now and will trade it in thinking that they may get money back and they may not uh and the problem is, is you have some of these vehicles that don't, that don't retain a lot of money. So essentially, when you drive it off the lot, it goes down significantly versus some of these other vehicles. So you could lose, let's say it's a $60,000 car. It automatically, some of these cars will go down to about 40 um, or 50 some of these other cars will go down to 20 like that easily as soon as you drive it off the lot so I tell a lot of people too don't ever buy a new car because you're you've lost money just driving it off the lot as soon as it's put in your name and they're able to make more money because of that now if you get a used car it you essentially buy it at the same about the same price that they probably got it for maybe you know but I, I do suggest for people one get used cars but not in this not now uh, because of what's going on because right now there's even shortage in used cars I actually just went over to one of my old companies and a couple of them had no cars on the lot like they I I was I've never seen their lot so empty and it is crazy about how it's been affecting this industry so like I said biggest piece of advice wait until the market starts to even itself out then go get it a car if you're trying to get a new car 
because these newer cars do not have the technology that some of these other cars did. So 2016 to 2019, 2018, 2019, those are the most uh, advanced in technology vehicles. So stick with those. Also, it's the same for technology. Like, just keep the iPhone 11 because it seems like the iPhone 13 is the same thing. iPhone 12, iPhone 13, uh, iPhone 11 seems to be very similar in to each other. Partial because of shortages. So, I would just suggest don't really get anything too new. Because as soon as this is over, I know that some of these vehicles that are new will drop significantly. So, you're as soon as you drive it off the lot, you've lost whatever. And you'll not be able to get that back. So... I would say wait until 2023 or after before getting a new vehicle. If it's a used vehicle and you really just are tired of your vehicle, I mean, I can't tell you what to do, but I can definitely suggest based upon what's going on now, don't don't be fooled by this false market for automotive. Can't really say too much about technology because I don't know everything about technology, but I do know that it's doing the same exact thing and then with housing everybody has something to say about that and I believe this is kind of the same thing um, that we had back in the early 2000s where it was right before the the crash so with that I hope y'all have a good rest of your week or a good weekend once again shout out to Ms. Rules Automotive technology uh, class on seventh period. I hope I gave y'all a couple tips and tricks that y'all didn't know. If y'all did know, my bad. <laughs> um, once again, I'm sorry for getting some of y'all's names wrong. If I did, also I have a really thick Texas accent, and I don't always like it. But um, once again, the biggest shout out, and it it made my day definitely to do this shout out and sorry for sounding like this my allergies are kicking my ass um <laughs> hopefully y'all have a, a good week good weekend like i said also like subscribe uh comment review it, it does the best does the wonders for me see y'all next week bye <laughs>